let us pray. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. 1 Kings 18, 37. Dear Lord, we ask that you reveal yourself mightily in situations where hope seems lost and in places where your name is yet to be glorified. Turn the hearts of those who are astray back to you, Father, and let them experience the life-changing power of your love. Father, may our lives bear witness to your mighty power and boundless love. Let every word we speak, every action we take, reflects your glory so that people may see you in us and have their hearts turned back to you. Thank you, Father, for your unfailing love and for the privilege of being called your children. We pray that our lives will continually point others to you and together we will worship and glorify your holy name. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Stay tuned now for another episode of Stories of the Messiah with Rabbi Schneider. They had come for a spectacle. Thousands gathered on Mount Carmel to watch a clash of gods. The nation of Israel had become corrupt due to the wickedness of King Ahab and the witch queen Jezebel. Under their rule, the prophets of Baal tainted the nation with idolatry, evil practices, and moral compromise. Elijah, God's devoted prophet, challenged Ahab and Jezebel to a test of the power of their gods. They enthusiastically accepted the challenge, woefully unaware of just how powerful the Lord of all creation was. Hundreds of prophets, adorned in pure white linens around their waists and gold amulets around their bare chests, amassed at the summit of Carmel. Elijah faced the hundreds of prophets alone. His face was resolute and fierce. He stood atop a stone and shouted for the crowd to hear. You fickle-minded people! You oscillate between two masters, God and Baal! Today we end this! If the Lord proves himself over Baal, you shall serve him and him alone. If Baal prevails, you shall follow him. Elijah pointed at the prophets of Baal with intensity. Are you ready to face Yahweh? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stories of the Messiah podcast. I'm your guide through this journey, Rabbi Schneider with Discovering the Jewish Jesus. If you've been following this podcast and found it a blessing, follow and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And remember to download Pray.com to hear the Bible come to life. We've been traversing through the peaks and valleys of the Bible's greatest stories, stories of tragedy, triumph, faith, and failure. Each episode has showcased a different biblical hero whose life ultimately points to the greatest hero of all, Jesus. 
We have learned how Jesus is the greater Adam, Cain, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Samson, Boaz, David, and Solomon. Now we enter the story of Elijah, Israel's most renowned prophet. Elijah's standoff with the prophets of Baal is famous. At this point in Israel's history, corruption was at an all-time high. King Ahab and Queen Jezebel let the prophets of Baal wreak havoc on the sons and daughters of Israel. Elijah stood as a lone pillar of faith and righteousness. He was a voice crying out in the wilderness for the people to return to their God. We must admire Elijah's ability to remain steadfast when everyone else seemed to be falling apart. We will enter into this dramatic retelling of 1 Kings 18 when the God of Israel is pitted against Baal. It is evident to us who will win. But knowing the result doesn't make the battle any less epic. Winds whistled across the peaks of Mount Carmel. A chill came upon the crowd as they watched Elijah step forward towards the prophets of Baal. Elijah, moved by a burning conviction, challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to a contest. A contest that would serve to prove whose God was the real God. He was a teacher, a preacher, and a guide, not a warrior or a showman. Yet he found himself thrust out of his comfort zone, pushed into a public spectacle of faith where actions would speak louder than words. He looked at them with unwavering confidence. Bring two bowls and build two altars for a sacrifice, Elijah commanded. The contest was simple. Both parties would prepare a sacrificial bull and place it on an altar of wood, but neither would set fire to it. They would call upon their God to send down fire from the heavens and consume the sacrifice. The God who answered with fire would be the true God. If Elijah failed, he would be killed and the people of Israel would continue to live in the shadow of idolatry. He was outnumbered, outpowered, and outmatched in the eyes of many. Yet Elijah had an unseen palpable power moving on his behalf. Wavering his staff, he challenged, Invoke your God's name and all call mine. The God that sends fire from the altar is the true God. He stepped down, his eyes never leaving the false prophets, a righteous fury smoldering within. The prophets began their chants and burnt their incense. A sea of people marched around the altar, shouting, Baal, answer us! Their incantations rang with the beat of their ceremonial drums. The skies remained still. Hours passed, and the once enthusiastic crowd began to grumble. Elijah leaned against a tree with his arms crossed and taunted them. <laughs> Shout louder! He jested. He is God, after all. Perhaps he's deep in thought, or perhaps he's relieving himself. The crowd laughed, but the prophets of Baal were not amused. Their frantic wails grew more high-pitched, and Elijah watched as they drew blades to cut themselves over the altar. Blood soaked the ground as the prophets hobbled, danced, chanted, and prayed. Midday passed, but there was no answer, no fire, just silence. Then came Elijah's turn. He rebuilt the altar of God, arranged the wood, prepared the bowl, and did something no one expected. Come! Come close to me! He shouted to the crowd. He made a trench around the altar and pointed to a few of the men. Fill four jars with water and pour it over the bowl and wood. Everyone murmured, assuming he was joking. Elijah couldn't be more serious. Again, he said. So they drenched the altar with the water a second time. Then, to mount the odds even more against him and the God of Israel, 
Elijah had them do it a third time. Water overflowed from the altar. The air was thick with anticipation. Elijah was putting his life on the line. King Ahab and Jezebel were ready to kill him at any moment, but he couldn't waver now. He wasn't just putting his life on the line. Elijah was challenging the beliefs of an entire nation, beliefs deeply rooted and fiercely guarded. He was the voice in the wilderness, the lone figure against a multitude. Elijah bowed before the altar. For the first time, he felt his knees beginning to tremble. Was it fear? Was it anticipation? He wasn't certain, but he knew his weaknesses didn't amount to anything when the God of all creation was on his side. Oh Lord, Elijah whispered. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that you are God, the God of Israel. I am your servant. Please. Elijah felt his hands shake and his lips began to quiver. Clouds were galloping in from the east, dark and foreboding. Please, answer me. Remind these people that you are their God! His voice began to rise with his increasing heartbeat. Passion consumed him, and his faith poured out like rain. Turn their hearts back to you! Turn them back, Lord! Please! The clouds cracked open as Elijah shouted to the heavens and lightning struck the altar. Elijah flew back. The entire altar was completely consumed in fire. Elijah watched as the offering, wood, stones, and dust were enveloped in flames. The multitude fell on their faces, declaring, The Lord! The Lord is God! Their praise was music to Elijah's ears. Finally, his strong veneer cracked, and he began to cry. He felt vindicated. God had shown up. He always would. Elijah turned to the prophets of Baal and shouted, Seize them! Let none of them escape! The prophets were slaughtered. The monuments to Baal were torn down. But the sickness of sin was still in their hearts. Israel still wouldn't completely turn from their wickedness. They needed liberation from a greater prophet. Elijah is renowned as one of Israel's greatest prophets. Discover more about his story and other biblical heroes connect to the Messiah at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. This stand-up between Elijah and the prophets of Baal was a demonstration of standing up for what one believes in, regardless of the opposition. Elijah stood alone against the hundreds of prophets of Baal, the king and queen, and the popular culture of his time. Elijah was a minority voice speaking out against what he saw as the moral and religious decay of his society. He could have been killed for speaking out, but stood his ground with unwavering courage. In the face of opposition and potential danger, Elijah was committed to his faith and convictions. His example serves as a lesson in courage, integrity, and the willingness to stand alone, if necessary, for our faith. This event underscores the importance of not allowing societal pressures or threats to sway us from our core values. Yet there's a hidden tragedy in the story that came afterward. You see, even after the people of Israel witnessed fire descend from heaven, they still had difficulty turning from their idolatry. That's a sad reality, but an important lesson. We often think that if we just saw a miracle, we would fully understand God and put our unwavering faith in him. However, Elijah's faith was not built on signs and miracles. His faith was built on intimacy, connection, and the knowledge of God's word. Just because you see a miracle doesn't mean everything becomes clear. Romans chapter 10 tells us that faith comes by hearing God's word. 
It doesn't come by witnessing miracles. It comes through understanding the heart of God and acting upon that understanding. That is why James tells us that faith without works is dead. When our convictions match our actions, our faith comes alive. The Apostle Peter got to witness miracles in his life. He got to see Jesus give sight to the blind, calm storms, cast out demons, and even walk on water. He even saw Jesus' glory transfigured before him on a mountain. Yet even still, Peter struggled to understand. He struggled to have unwavering faith like Elijah. His testimony should be a warning to all of us. Just because we see something with our eyes doesn't mean we understand it in our hearts. Let's move from Elijah to Jesus in this cinematic retelling of Matthew 17. Jesus is going to reveal himself to Peter, and Peter is going to struggle to understand. Dawn stretched across the sky, adorning the valley in brilliant hues of orange. Peter stirred from sleep just as the light rose above the hill. The air held the pure, refreshing chill of a new day, and a faint light began to tease the distant hilltops. Jesus sat beside him, alert, his lips curled in a quiet smile. His finger rose to his lips, silently instructing Peter to be quiet. His gaze led Peter to the mountain base where John and James eagerly awaited. Peter rose and joined Jesus on their journey towards the peak. Peter observed Jesus navigate the rugged terrain. He admired his teacher. He was strong from years as a stonemason. The mountain's challenge heightened, the incline growing steeper. Jesus was far ahead of them, disappearing into the clearing at the mountain's summit. As they scrambled upward, a surge of light exploded from the peak, painting the dawn in hues more surreal than any sunrise they'd ever experienced. They initially thought it was the sun radiating light, but it was none other than Jesus himself. His body was enveloped in a brilliance so pure that it dwarfed the morning sun. His humanity seemed to peel back, revealing the divine essence underneath. Awe and fear came upon them all. Jesus was transfigured before them, the fullness of his glory on display. Suddenly, two or more flashes of light streaked from the heavens, crashing to earth. The figures were Moses and Elijah, joining Jesus in conversation. Yet they didn't engage him as an equal. Instead, Jesus spoke to them with authority. They acknowledged him as their Lord and revered him as God. Peter's heart pounded in his chest. He stood in the presence of the three most extraordinary heroes God had ever sent. Overwhelmed with excitement, James and John watched as Peter sprinted towards them. He jumped and shouted, Lord, it's wonderful that we're all here. Let's erect three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and then we can... Before he could complete his thought, a whirlwind of light descended upon them, engulfing them like a cyclone. The disciples trembled as a cloud of divine light surrounded them. Peter shielded his eyes, curling into a fetal position on the ground. A voice erupted from the storm. This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him, and only him. The next instant, everything returned to normal. Blinking open one eye, Peter looked around. Moses and Elijah had vanished. Jesus, no longer transfigured, stood alone. He extended a hand to Peter, helping him up, and led the disciples back down the mountain. It may not seem like it, 
since most of us probably haven't witnessed Jesus, Moses, and Elijah hanging out on the same mountaintop. But Peter's experience matches our own in many ways. Peter saw Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, and immediately thought that each of them should get their own temple. Peter wanted to freeze this divine moment in time and create monuments to these three biblical heroes. But there was one problem. One of these three men was far greater than the other two. Moses was considered the giver of the law. He led Israel out of bondage and into freedom. Elijah was considered the greatest prophet. He stood up to corruption and fought for the heart of Israel. Yet both of these men's greatness combined paled in comparison to Jesus. Jesus was the fulfillment of the law and the ultimate prophet. Moses and Elijah were both great, but ultimately failed in turning people's hearts back to God. Jesus, however, was greater than both. As we have already learned, Jesus is the greater Moses who led us into greater liberation. Jesus is also more significant than Elijah. While Elijah facilitated miracles, Jesus was a miracle. The transfiguration was the prime example of that. Jesus was God incarnate, come to earth to cleanse the corrupt hearts of God's people. That was something that despite facilitating miracles, Elijah couldn't do. God rebuked Peter in a whirlwind to emphasize that Jesus was not on an equal footing with Moses and Elijah. The Lord declared to Peter, this is my son, hear him. It is not that we don't listen to Moses or Elijah. Rather, everything they had to say pointed forward to Jesus. So we are convinced in this way that Jesus is the greater Elijah. Next time, we will turn our attention to another prophet. While Elijah mostly dealt with outer conflict, corrupt kings and false gods, this prophet dealt with inner conflict. His disobedience, prejudice, and bitterness gets him swallowed up in the belly of a giant fish. But a redemption story is coming. Join us next episode to witness how Jesus is the greater Jonah. To dwell deeper into Jesus' Old Testament appearances, you're welcome to visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'd also like to recommend my new book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. It's available to purchase on my website. If this podcast blessed you, be sure to follow and subscribe so you'll never miss a single episode. And remember to download Pray.com to hear even more great stories and make prayer a priority in your life.